Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, Phil Lamar and Jeff Bennett, of course, and also oh, John Phil. DiMaggio. Yes. John, John DiMaggio. DiMaggio. Yeah. They're all. Also, yeah. And for books, Yuri Lowenthal and Tara Platt has voiceover voice actor book, and they're also great. Mm-hmm. Wonderful couple. And yeah, mm-hmm. Travis and Laura, if you're watching, um, congrats on your baby. And yeah, <laughs> uh, congrats <laughs> on Critical Role too, because you guys also kick some serious Critical Role's play. so great. I love yeah. Critical Role. I love D&D in general. So yeah, when Critical Mercer Role came out, I was just like, yes! So great. Those yeah. people are amazing. Matthew Mercer, Travis, Laura, Liam O'Brien, Sam Regal, uh, Ashley. Oh, yeah, and Sam too. Um, Talison, like, uh, oh, and Marisha. Yeah, all of those people, amazing people. And they're so nice too. I've met a few of them on different occasions for different reasons. And yeah, they're just amazing people. I don't think I even gone to like the anime voice actors, but that's like a whole entire list on its own. But like um, one especially goes, it's well, a shout a lot out of to the Kurt. actors that we actually named used to do anime. Oh yeah, like, they, they did. They don't do anime anymore, but they used to do it. Like I haven't I, named those that specifically do anime. So it's just like, yeah. Well, that's cause usually what happens is that you start off in anime and then you move on to animation then or- i move on to another one and then it's yeah. just like oh like yeah i love justin briner and then you watch another show it's just like oh my gosh no way mm-hmm. no, so like to actor. say that somebody only does anime that's not necessarily true they might only do anime now but eventually they'll move on into doing other stuff uh-huh. so you know it's like that's why it's like oh well they used to do anime but they moved on from that and that's not a bad right. thing like, that's a good thing. That means that, you know, they're moving on to bigger and better things. And they're also opening the industry to newer people to take over for them. Because that's uh, where where you start is usually anime. Not all the time, but usually you start in anime. Yeah, so. That explains people like, you know, Stephanie Shea and Jeremy Lee and, mm-hmm. yeah, just numerous names. But, like, um, yeah, there's also Kira Buckland because um, she I was also her. another one that started, like, on the internet. And then she's really been, <laughs> been yeah, really making her. Yeah, off. Yeah. And it's really She's, been paying off big time, especially this year. Like, Well, again, it's another situation of like, uh, so, you know, you one of the biggest things that I get um, is like, oh, how do I how do I move on to becoming a professional actor? Right. And yeah, I'm like, honestly, taking classes with teachers that are currently working in the industry. Don't mm, don't make a mistake and go to a college and take a class there. Those teachers have not worked in 30 years. If anything. Like, don't, don't, and also, here's the thing, is that college is important. Take other college classes. Learn how to do something else. (laughs) Um, And the reason why is because, like, again, like, in college, they can't fail you for being a bad actor if you do all the work. So, like, honestly, you're, it's a waste of money, and sorry for any teachers that teach in colleges for theater, but it is, and you're not being taught what's currently being taught in the industry right now. You need to, you need to have teachers that are currently in the industry. So having teachers that are currently working as an actor in the industry is super important, and also having a teacher that, like, is willing to tell you when you suck, because if you don't know when you suck, how are you going to get better? Are you going to learn if you don't know that, like, hey, where I'm at right now, it's like, um, yeah, (laughs) it's not up to par. And you need to have a teacher that's honest about that. And I know so many people that actually quit classes because the teacher had told them the truth. And I'm like, okay, well, then you're never going to make it in the industry. If you don't, if you're not willing to accept when you're a bad actor, 
I I still get told, by the way, from my own teachers, that was bad. I and still Charlie, get to this Adler, day. Yes. Like, yeah, absolutely from Charlie. He'll fucking, t- oh, excuse me. He'll friggin' tell me <laughs> immediately how bad I am. And the thing is, is that you can't cry about it. You have to take it as criticism in this industry. You have to be strong in this industry. This industry is ruthless. So learn to be ruthless yourself and take it as a criticism like it is and learn. If you don't learn how to do that, you're not built for this industry at all. If you need constant people being like, you're so good, you're so great, get out. Like, sorry, you just can't take it. You just can't. Okay, like, yeah, you're good, you're good. Um, can you give me some actual criticism here? I just right. put out I'm and putting out a, this audition. I want some critiques. I need something that like what stood out to you that needs some adjustments, you know? It's right. just like, no, nah, I think this is fine the way it is. And I'm just like, Are you sure? And just like, mm-hmm. don't don't worry about it. You're gonna make well, it big with the industry. At that point, it's like a waste of your money. If you're getting a teacher right. that's like, that was good. Really? So what am good. I paying you for? I'm paying for you to tell me that was bad. Especially when I know it's bad myself and the teacher is not telling me it was bad. I just leave the class. Yeah, pretty <laughs> I much. don't even yeah. bother saying because what's it the point? to me too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but, yeah, yeah, you put you out need, something and You need and teachers like, that currently work in the business and you need teachers that are willing to tell you that you That like what you're doing is wrong and mm-hmm. yeah, you can improve on it and fix it. But yeah. like, I know there's like a difference between like, um, well, like, if somebody tells you that, like, um, this is, uh, you're garbage, or just, like, yeah, this is absolute trash, there's no way I'm gonna help Well, because there's, there's a difference between your garbage and that take was garbage. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, yeah. I've, this is garbage, like, or, like, you're garbage as a person. You know? Like, yeah, they're, like, because I don't think I've ever been in a situation where a teacher has said, you specifically are garbage. No, it's, that was garbage. What are you doing? You know, that was as in that take was garbage. It's never me. They know. But here's the thing is that like teachers that are willing to critique you and give you solid critique and like really lay it on you. They lay it on you because they believe in you. If you have a teacher that's just like, oh, that was good. They don't believe in you at that point. So what's the point of being there? If they're not willing to critique you the way you deserve to be critiqued, they don't think that you can be critiqued. That means they don't believe in you. Versus if you have a teacher that's like, that was trash. What are you doing? They believe in you. They believe you can do better. That's a good thing. Um, It took me three years before I got my first compliment from Charlie, by the way. And three when years. I got the, wow. three years of classes to get my first compliment from Charlie. And I remember it so much because it took me a lot of work and it took me three years to get there. But it was worth it. Once I got that compliment, I felt so accomplished. And it didn't feel fake because it, I knew I earned it. And, like, I, I don't know. People always tell me that I'm, I'm really blunt and, and harsh on newbies. And I'm like, am I? Like, because Are here's the thing really? is that, yeah, because I, when I was five years old and I told my mom I wanted to be an actor, she took me to coaches that were tough on me. And I was five having coaches scream in my face because guess what? Again, this this business is ruthless and they were preparing me for that. And thank God they did 
because I have definitely been in situations where a director has yelled at me and my job was to not cry and to take it as the criticism it was and to continue working as if it didn't bother me because it didn't. Like, you have to be able to interpret their frustration as not on you because they have so many things coming in and saying like, you need to do this fast, you need to do this quick. So half the time when they're angry, it's not your fault. And you need to understand that as an actor. And so like, my thing is, is that I want newbies to be tough and so that they can last in this business. And also I want them to get paid what they're worth. Um, there's a lot of companies that are willing to take advantage of newbies and say, oh, we'll only pay you $100 for five hours of work. That's not okay. Um, especially when that <laughs> company is making money off of a game, even if it is indie, you can say it's indie all you want, but I know plenty of indie companies that pay their actors what they're worth. And they they make money too. So if they're making money off a video game, why are you not making money off that video game? And sitting there and like informing newbies that they shouldn't accept terms like that. Like that's important because especially when you're new in the industry, you don't have an agent to tell you that you're being screwed over. You just have yourself. And so I think being an advocate in um for yourself as a newbie is very important. So you need to learn from people who currently are in the industry. So that way you can ask the questions of, should I accept payment like this? And we can be like, no, they're screwing you over. Even with nothing on your resume except classes, you should not accept being paid less than the industry standard for a paying gig. You shouldn't. Because yeah, guess yeah. what? I, I started working as a kid and I was paid the same amount as an adult for my work. So why should it matter if you have nothing on your resume when I got paid as a kid the same amount as an adult? Really? That's the, like, how, why shouldn't you get paid the same as everybody else that's currently working in the industry, even if you're a beginner? And you audition just like everybody else. You should get paid. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Two more people I want to shout out um, as their influences real quick. Mari Camel and June Foray. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. there's two more names that came up to my mind while you were talking. But yeah, going uh, now transitioning into like, you know, the whole. Um, yeah, because I was going to that actually is a perfect segue into my next question. Um, so like um, with this in mind um, is like um, you want to be you want to believe and the students, that's why you have to be harsh and you have to be critical and stuff like yeah. that. That's pretty much how I grew up being raised because like, um, if they're just like, if like, say if I make a mistake or do something wrong, then, um, they kind of, then it's like, if I'm doing something wrong, they have to address it. They have to yell at me saying, don't do this. Don't well, and do that. And they have to give reasons why. Yeah. Right. If And they have to be straightforward. They if you're in a situation where somebody like, is going to yeah. be like, like going around the subject, first of all, that causes confusion. And second of all, like that doesn't help anything. It doesn't help. Just tell me it was bad. Just get straight to the point and tell me it was bad. Okay, great. How get can I fix point. it? Yeah, get yes. to the point. And honestly, like, I feel like that's, that's kind of like, actually, like a lot of the things that I teach um, in, in acting as well is like, get to the point. What do you want? Get to the point. Don't like, I can't tell you how many times we're like, oh, my objective is 
a whole book long of information. Like it's four pages long of information of what I want. No. Do humans think like that? No. Uh, they get to the well, point. Get to the point. See. Yeah. Get to the point. What do you want? It's easy. It should be one sentence. Yes. Instead of. Well. Well, my character deals with a lot of blah, 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 blah. Like, no, that doesn't help you add. I'm already out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm already done. As a person watching you perform, I'm already done. Like, it should be quite to the point. Because otherwise, you're just going to make it muddy and your performance is going to be muddy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. So, um, I think you kind of answered all my questions already. But, yeah, okay, so... The biggest difference between, like, you know, doing voice acting and performing, like, doing regular acting, mm-hmm. in your opinion. Well, like, what are some of the biggest differences? First of all, let's not call it regular acting. Let's call it on-camera acting. Because all camera, camera is, all acting and is doing regular acting. Yeah. Yes. So, let's start with that. Um, Like, and the only reason why I say that is because there is this weird thing in the industry that voice acting is not real acting. Bullshit. Oh. Bull crap. Bull crap. Sorry, I corrected myself on that one. Bullcrap. Voice acting is actually the hardest acting, period. And that's, I know that because I've done all three. I've done theater professionally. I've done on camera professionally. And voice acting is the hardest of all three. Um, People think that like, oh, well, you're just using your voice. That makes it easier. That makes it a billion times harder. You want to know why? Because on camera and on theater, you don't just have your voice. You have your face. You have your body language. You have so much other things to convey what you're trying to convey as an actor versus for acting, for voice acting. You just have your voice to convey what you need to convey. That's why on-camera actors, when they switch into going into um, uh, a voiceover, they're so flat because they're so used to having, like, you think, oh, but they're not that flat when they're on camera because you can see their face. That's why. But their voice is as flat as they are doing voiceover as it is on camera. The difference is you can see their face on camera. And they have their, um, they can rely on their face to also convey what they're trying to do. Versus with voice acting, you just have your voice. And also, um, I was always told by Charlie that if you're in the booth and you're not sweating by the end of it, you're not acting hard enough. And believe me, yeah, every time I'm in the booth, you should be sweating bullets because you are working so hard to convey what you need to convey. You're moving actually a lot more than you think you would be. Like I, I'm constantly using my hands and moving around and all that stuff in the booth and, and probably more than I would for on camera. Because again, for on camera, I have my face to also convey what's going on. I don't get that in voiceover. That makes voiceover harder. You only have one thing to convey what's going on with your Unless that they show some behind the scenes, like footage. No, because like, but here's the thing. When you watch, yeah, behind the scenes, you'll, but you're going to watch that later. As far as like in the performance right then and there, you're not hearing anything but the actor's voice to convey what that, what that character wants. And you're trying to make a 2D character seem real. Oh, yep. So yes. all of that is working against you in voiceover. And oh, definitely. Let's not, I didn't even get to Shakespeare and yeah, like the Shakespeare type. I don't, I don't personally think you need to know how to do Shakespeare to be an actor. I I personally Uh, don't think you need that. I don't think it like generally helps anything except like 
because uh, I, I did study Shakespeare. I did. I don't think it's required. And the reason why is because we don't act like in Shakespeare anymore. Do we still perform Shakespeare? Yes. So do you need to know if you're going to still perform Shakespeare? Then yes, by all means, you need to learn how to do Shakespeare. But if you're not, you don't need that skill set. You don't. Oh, it's just a dog barking, my neighbor. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that's always fine. But uh, especially because there are, there, it's so weird how there are a few people that are like, well, I know how to sh- do Shakespeare. Okay, great. But can you do voiceover? Like, the answer is usually no. Like, <laughs> like, they get on the high and mighty that they know how to do Shakespeare. Great. I learned how to do Shakespeare when I was 12. Whoop-de-doo. That doesn't mean anything. I know plenty of people that, know, that don't know how to do Shakespeare at all, and they're fantastic actors. So it's, it's not necessarily a needed skill that you need to know how to do Shakespeare. Uh, and it, like, might, it might help you in a few instances here or there, but you can get around it. I know there's like many different methods of acting. Like there's this Stanis... Uh, I'm terrible with Stanislavski. The Stanislavski acting. There's like um, the... Meisner acting and there's like mm-hmm. a lot of different forms of acting you can um use and there's like many techniques that different actors use so um, if it works for one um, i'm not sure if it works for um, here's here's my thing on that uh you're gonna create your own te- technique as an actor uh, um i uh i could care less whether you studied one over the other but here like what i find helps most actors is you're going to create your own technique anyway because um whatever works for you is not going to work for somebody else so you might take a little bit from meisner and you might take a little bit from Stanislavski, and then you might take a little bit from whatever charlie adler taught you put it all together and then you create your own form of acting it's a masterpiece (laughs) Yeah, because, like, the thing is, is that not everything that Meisner taught is going to work for you, and not everything that Stanislavski taught is going to work for you, but maybe little bits and pieces do. So you take the little bits and pieces that do work, and you put them together. And this is why, when you learn how to be an actor, you get multiple teachers. I have tons of teachers. I have 10 teachers that I go to on a regular basis. And, um... Because all of them have something that I like about their technique specifically. Um, I will say that um, what's known as method acting is not the original method acting that was originally ever taught. Um, Method acting originally was actually not, oh, I believe I'm this character. No. Um, Method acting originally was actually... you taking real life experiences and using the feeling from that real life experience in the moment that you are in right now. So for example, if you have a really serious moment in a, in a play or something like that, that's really sad. You take something that was sad from your real life and then you put, you remember that in that moment while you're performing. Okay. Um, That's what method acting actually is. And then for some reason, really weird people took it and are like i believe i'm this character all the time first of all don't do that second of all you're gonna drive yourself insane and here's the reason why is because especially as a voice actor you're acting usually on six different shows at the same time so which character are you gonna be all the time out of those six shows well you can't be six different people at the same time. Um, the best thing that I was always told is that you're never somebody else as an actor. You are an exaggerated version of yourself. Because, like, all of these characters that are, they're real life people, but they're all a part of you in some way, shape, or form. You're just exaggerating a certain part of you. 
So for example, if you're playing a narcissist, well, I may not be a narcissist per se. I totally am. But I mean, like me as like a person who's not Karina Betker, I may not be a narcissist myself, but you have parts of you that are narcissistic. So then you exaggerate that part of you and then you make a character based off of that. But you're still you. You're never somebody else. You're always an an exaggerated. The reason why they use the phrase like actors are not their characters a lot, like they, you be tr- you see a trend on Twitter a lot. That's mm-hmm. why the phrase comes well, like that, that has yeah. to do with people thinking that we are going to be exactly like the character we portrayed. Now, yes, we are an exaggerated version of when we play that character, but we are not that character. Period. Yeah. Like it's an exaggerated version of ourselves. But I'm not that person all the time. I'm not an exaggerated version of myself when I'm not acting. Does it make sense? And also, it has to do with the fact that when people like inter- like talk to us, instead of saying, oh, hi, Karina, they'll say, hi, Bisha. Well, I'm not Bisha, though. I'm Karina. I play Bisha. And I don't mind it from a few people because there are a few fans that I do know, they know the difference. They only do that for um, a joke or something, and that's fine. But there are some other people that come into me and they're like, oh, you're Bisha. And then they'll see me for a little bit and then they're and then they're like you're not bisha and i'm like um i i was though and they're like you did this though that's totally ruining my fantasy as you as bisha and i'm like first of all that's worded in a very weird way your fantasy of me as bisha that's weird <laughs> like i it's it's under this understanding that for some reason fans think they own the characters and the and the actors who play those characters and they don't like okay so for example with the game of thrones thing was the last season um way too fast or done rushed yes i think so but i'm not mad <laughs> about where the, about i'm the not ending. mad about where the season ended but regardless of whether i'm not mad about where the season ended or not it is not my show I am not the writer. And those fans that want to make a petition to like rewrite and redo the last season, no, it is not your show. You have the enjoyment of watching it, yes, but it is not your show. You as, and, and you want to know what? You as fans, if you want to make your own show, then by all means, go become a writer and see how easy it is. Because guess what? It's not. Um... But, like, to expect that the last season of something that started out so amazing was going to be as amazing as the start, that's a huge bar. That's a very high bar. Um, and I didn't, I don't know, I, maybe I'm just used to shows that, like, when they have a super high bar to end really great, I know that it's not going to be as great as it was at the beginning, but it's still a good ending, um, regardless of what the other fans think or whatever. But, like, yeah, again, like, it's not the fans' show. It's it's the writers' show. Like, yeah. don't so- like it? Stop watching. But guess what? You all watched anyway, so who cares? <laughs> like, that's the thing is that I'm like, you don't like it, then stop watching. Well, I can't. Well, then, obviously, the writers good job. <laughs> if you continue to watch, obviously, the writers are still doing a good job. So. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are there like any um, funny moments, like if you're in a booth or like any moments where like, um, yeah, there's something that pretty hilarious happened. So like, I think um, the funniest yeah. moment I had in the booth was when I taught Kevin Michael Richardson what hentai yeah, was. That. We already covered <laughs> <Anything> that. <else? laughs> yeah. Um, 
what was another one that I'm trying you can actually um, talk about at least. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of what I can actually talk about. Um, let's see here. Uh oh, okay. So same thing. Um, it was the same, it was the same day. Uh so so it was for trolls and it was recording for ADR, and Kevin Michael Richardson was there. But the like the most important part of that day was that somebody came in and mind you, trolls is a is a um SAG show, so that means you get paid the day rate even if you only worked for 15 minutes so you get paid a quite a bit of money um which it's deserving of by the way the union knows how much we should get paid um but like uh so this guy comes in and his job is to literally just burp the alphabet that's it his job is to just burp the alphabet so you think out there, mind you, that you have like this weird skill that's not going to be useful in any way, shape, or form. This guy got paid a day rate for 15 minutes of burping the alphabet, and I'm so jealous. Like, <laughs> I can't burp to save my life, let alone on cue. This guy comes in for 15 minutes, makes the full day rate. Mind you, I'm making the day rate too, but I had to stay for an hour, which is still not a lot of time. Uh, like a day rate for an hour is still really good. But still, this guy comes in 15 minutes and makes a day rate just for burping the alphabet. And I'm like, oh, how do I get that job? I need to learn how to burp on cue. Gosh darn it. Like, it was the best moment of my life of just being in awe of this guy. And then like, they were like, okay, you're done. And he was like, great. Easiest money I ever made. And I'm so jealous sitting there like, oh my God, I need to learn how to do that. <laughs> Yeah. And also, like, with like, there's a funny thing that also um, kind of happens sometimes where like, um, if you're a voice actor, then like, um, people probably recognize you, like, say, if you go to like a store, then they would recognize you and say, Oh, my gosh, you're the voice of this character. You're like, so you're like in this show, like, oh See, my that God. never happens. That only happens at cons. I promise uh, you. Because like, even Steve Bloom, who's more known than I am. He's never recognized. Unless he's at a con. <laughs> like, I'm serious, but because people don't, like, they might say, hey, you sound like that one person, and then you go, oh, yeah, I get that all the time, even though that's totally you. Right? But, like, most of the time, people don't pay attention. And and because you're in, in voiceover, there's no, like, on-camera thing for you. Like, as I said, I get recognized more for My Name is Earl, which was 10 years ago, than I do for my voiceover stuff. And that's because you can you can actually see my face in My Name is Earl. Versus all my voiceover stuff, when I finally say, oh, I did this, this, and this, they're like, oh, I've seen that. See, so they heard my voice. They just didn't recognize me because there's no face. There's not my actual face there. So there's kind of a disconnect. And that's a great thing, though, because like, um, as Steve has always said, it's awesome because he's basically famous without being super famous. So he can go and like go to the grocery store and just be a normal person. And he only gets recognized at cons. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, but like, um, what if somebody actually made a comment? Like, what if somebody, you know, um, you ever hear like another one of these phrases like, oh, my gosh, you're the voice of my childhood. Like, yeah, you're my childhood. I grew up watching you on like this show. Like, yeah, you were my well, luckily, childhood. Luckily, I have not been in voiceover as long as other people. So I've never gotten the you're my childhood yet. We'll see. We'll see as <laughs> it gets down the road for my acting soon. career. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, I've I've honestly like the only time that I've ever gotten people like be like, oh my gosh, you're that person was when I had to list what I was or I was at a con as a guest. And, you know, I have my banner out and it shows all my characters on there. And then they look at it and they're like, oh, wait, you were the voice of that. They never recognize me just by looking at me. Not yet. Anyway, I'm not that I'm not there yet. <laughs> and um, so like as far as oh, my God, what was my next question? I completely forgot. But um, <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. But um, I was also going to say, like mentioned that like, um. Oh yeah, so like warm up techniques because um, mm -hmm. I think people have their own unique warm up techniques, like getting into a character and like warming up your voice and stuff. So like mm -hmm. your techniques, what do you do? To, I sing. Like... I just sing. That's all I do. I sing to warm up. Well, yeah. I, I grew up in musical theater, so that's that's what I. The songs do. that you like to sing to warm up. Yep. Um, I sing a lot of musical theater type stuff. So for example, um, I sing songs from like. You're in town because that that musical is amazing. Um, I sing songs from Hamilton. I sing songs from Wicked. Uh, oh, oh, my favorite is Into the Woods. So I sing I sing songs from that all the time. Seen a movie a while ago. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so like like I just sing and then like just pop songs that I like or or I'm I'm really into K-pop. So even though I don't know Korean, I'll sing the Korean songs. <laughs> I try as best as I can to learn Korean. I think but. it's more like, yeah, with me, it's classic rock and jazz swing or just oh, nice. like, yeah, John, yeah. like listening to like Gorgeous Street scores and just humming to like, the just, of, like Star Wars. I stay away from park. rock though, because like, I don't want to scream when I'm warming up and I listen. To oh, yeah, well, that, that, that's fair. Like, I mean, so yeah, as far as yeah. like warming up, though, like it's not the best to warm like, up with when you're doing nice screamo. That that's the that's the secret. That's the key. <laughs> you need to keep your voice intact, otherwise, huh, you're gonna sound like this, and you're not gonna give right. Well, yeah, good. Yeah, first impression. So yeah, um, and like, what is the best advice that you've been given to, like, out of your whole entire career? Um. Oh shoot. Well, the problem is, is that you told me not to curse, and there's a lot of cursing in that advice. <laughs> um. It was from Charlie Adler, though. I can say that. Um, and it basically had to do like he said, "How do I clean this up?" Um, <laughs> that's the thing he said that, but like I, that's very much. Oh gosh, okay, hold on, sorry. Um, uh, you effing little word that I can't say. Um, <laughs> you effing little thing. Uh. Get out there and have some effing fun. It's pretty much have fun. Yeah, pretty much have fun. But it's not, it doesn't mean anything if you don't have the curse word in there. Like, the whole point yeah, is that, yeah. like, the best part about Charlie is, as I said, he screams at you in a way that makes you, like, kind of, like, laugh at yourself and, like, calm down in the process. Because it's not, like, actual yelling. It's just loud talking. Because that's Charlie. But then on top of it, like, he curses a lot. That just makes you laugh. So like, vulgar, yes. Yeah, and that vulgar is kind of a vulgar of, teacher, right? That that kind of like helps you in the booth to just kind of be like, right? You're supposed to have fun while you're doing this. Like, yes, this is a job, but if you're not having fun, the audience is not going to have fun. 
Yeah. Like, and that's, and that's like another, actually, that's another thing that I was told that was really good. If you're not having fun, the audience is not having fun. And I mean, like, you might say, well, how do I have fun when I'm supposed to cry on cue? You do, actually. I cry on cue all the time. I love those scenes. I have so much fun in those scenes because, like, it's like an emotional release for me. Yeah. Um, But, like, yeah, if you're not having fun doing what you do, then the audience is not going to have fun. And you're definitely not going to book it if you're not having fun. So what's the point? Definitely. I think I know that like Crispin Freeman's class is also, um, I think it's more like, um, yeah, because he is direct and honest and um, mm. yeah, I'm pretty sure that like he also does this technique. Um, but I think Charlie is definitely more like on the foul mouth kind of side. It's just like, well, oh Charlie my God, is, give me a break. Char- uh, yeah. <laughs> Charlie is also, uh, as I said, like, yes, he's foul mouth, but it's in a way that makes you laugh. So like uh, you relax more. more like dissecting you playfully like um hey peace of mm, do good out there yeah exactly <laughs> and that's the thing is that like he mixes up that vulgarness with also complimenting you at the same time yes. or telling you to do something funny and 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 it really works um and like uh and yeah and you do calm down and and relax a little bit and um and then i would say that like Oh gosh, I had something. I forgot. Whatever. Yeah, that's basically what I've been told that was like the best advice. Yes. <laughs> have fun. And if you're not having fun, the audience will have fun. And it's just like, um, like for instance, if I were Charlie and like this interview is like wrapping up, then I would just say, no, get out of here. You got stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> kind of something like that. Because like, yeah, we are actually running out of time. So I'll just make these last couple of questions quick. So yeah, I know you said that like, you know, um favorite kind of scenes to do i was just gonna ask that but you kind of um, already answered yeah i it's funny because like i always thought of myself as a comedic person but it wasn't until like i started actually booking more serious stuff that somebody was like it you like doing comedic stuff but you're much stronger in the more emotional stuff actually and i was like really i've never been told that before and now that I've actually like worked at it more, like, yeah, absolutely. I love that dramatic, like I get to, like, I love being like having scenes where I have to cry on cue. Like, um, it's funny because like, uh, actually crying on cue is easier than laughing on cue because with crying, something that's sad is always going to be sad versus something that's funny is only funny for like two minutes. And then after that, it gets boring. So laughing on cue is much harder and you have to redo it again and again and again for multiple takes. So yeah, I would rather cry on cue any day than laugh on cue. And um, and yeah, it's an emotional release for me. And it's a, it's kind of like therapy for me. I get to cry. About, therapeutic in a way. Yeah, it's very therapeutic when I get to like have to, I have to cry in a scene. And then I'm like, oh, that feels good afterwards. I'm very much emotionally drained at that point, but I do feel better. And um, and then I get a little bit physically exhausted because it does it does take physically a lot out of you, but it feels so good after. It surely really does. And um, as far as like you know your range goes, your favorite mm-hmm. type of you know characters that you voice, like um, some of your strengths in your vocal range, like the archetypes that you're good at, and also mm-hmm. some that might be a little bit of a struggle. So um, I'm mostly known ones. for being able to sound like a kid. And honestly, I like sounding like kids mostly because I, 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 I love being like for children. They don't really like, uh, what's the, they don't think too much. So it's actually easier for me to like act like a kid because they, they, they act on their impulse. 
And as an actor, you should act on your impulse. So it like it was very complimentary towards each other, like acting like a kid and then also acting in general. Um, you should act on your impulse and kids act on their impulse. Um, so I mostly play children. I've, I'm known for playing children. And I would say my strength is playing children because I already sound like a kid in my normal speaking voice. Like I already sound like mm-hmm. a teenager versus like I do very rarely play an adult. Um, it, but I'm not known for that. I wouldn't say it's like super hard for me. It's just that like I'm not known for being this type of voice. I'm not known for being older than 20 years old very much, even though I've done that voice before. It's just not something that I get hired as a lot because I'm mostly known for being kids. That's fair. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, um, and also, that's what else what I wanted to ask you. Your classes. So um, mm-hmm. tell us the deeds. Like, um, what is it that you do with your classes that you just recently are starting to do? And um, yeah, I think with all of this coaching that you've had, um, did you get inspired into like saying, huh, maybe I should start teaching. There's a lot of actors that need some coaching. How about I can teach them the ropes of how to get yeah. into this business? <laughs> well, um, I actually have started teaching seven years ago. So it's not okay. a most recent thing. The only re- okay. thing recent is that I started teaching on the Voice Actors Club with Kira's thing. VAC. Um, yeah, the Kira. VAC. Yeah. And because uh, like before I would teach on camera. Um, and I was teaching scene study stuff and, um, I switched into voiceover because, uh, that's what I mostly do now anyway. Um, so I was like, if I mostly do voiceover, I should be teaching voiceover. I shouldn't be really teaching on camera if I'm not working that much in on camera. You know what I mean? Like, cause as I said, I would be a hypocrite if I like were to be like, you need your teachers to currently work in the business. And yet, even though I don't do on camera that much, I'm teaching on camera. That doesn't make sense. So I do mostly voiceover. So I switched over to teaching voiceover because that's what I do right now. A lot. I, I um, still audition for on camera, but I haven't booked in a while for on camera. So I shouldn't be teaching it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, like um, I, I like teaching because, again, I don't like newbies getting screwed over. I really don't. Um, and I think having a class that you have a teacher who's honest with you about the business and how tough it is. And also having a teacher that tells you don't accept work when everybody else is getting paid, but you're not like, that's not fair. And, but like people that are trying to get in the business, they're so eager to get in the business. They're so easier, eager to act that they're willing to do stuff for free. And I'm like, you think that's a way to get in the business. And that's actually not a way to get in the business. That's actually a way to keep you from not getting paid because you just said your acting's worth zero. Um, so I go over a lot of that in my class, but then I also of course go over the acting and I think I'm like a, I'm a good start for beginners to get into acting because eventually if you get good enough, you then get the teachers that I teach with like Charlie Adler and stuff like that. But like, I'm definitely a good jumping off point into getting into that world and also telling you like how to act like a professional. And because like, you know, when you don't have anything on your resume, you just have your audition and how professional you are to tell them they should work with you. And I go over all of that in my class. And I go over original animation mostly in my class because that's also um, I've been told is my specialty is original that's animation. An area you specialize. Yeah, and so like um, 
Uh, and because I've worked with DreamWorks and Cartoon Network and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I'm a teacher that's currently working in the business. I'm currently working on original animation with a few studios. And so, yeah, I can teach you what you need to know. Yeah. And like, how often do you actually go with coaching when like there's so many different coaches that you do? It's just um, it was also hard to like. How often um, do I personally go to my coaches? Uh, how often do you personally go? Uh, once a month. At least, okay. if not, if I can afford it, I go. I go twice. Or I know specifically with like Adler. I know you must um, go. At least oh yeah, time. like yeah. Adler. I at least take his class once a year, and he does. He does basically a month long hey, class where. Yeah, because he does a month long class where he does one every week, and you pay for that whole month, and you go once a week. So I take him um, once a year for that. And then I go to other coaches that I have, like um, there's PCB. There's uh, I was taught by Eric Bowser at one point. Um, I go through Voice Actors Network um, to be taught through them, um, like just to get like some differences of opinion. Basically, you do want to change up like who you go to. You want your regular teachers that you go to a lot, which mine are Charlie Adler, Richard Leadley. Um, so the uh, like those two I go to all the time. Um and then you want to mix it up with some other teachers just because you might learn something new, you know, from a newer teacher. I've heard that Richard Horvitz is actually pretty good and that's He's another amazing. one that I left out in my yes. influences. He is also <laughs> very good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know too much, but yeah, like um later down the line, um time to get some coaching in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Including yeah. you because you're awesome. You're cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And um yeah, running definitely running out of time. So any last bit of advice that I can say or oh no 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 wait. Um so like as far as like you know working in animation and anime and video games, um mm -hmm. what do you find the most fulfilling and um what are some of the like differences between like recording for these specific or like if you're doing narration promo and commercial work and stuff? I definitely have a lot more fun doing original animation. And that's because in original animation, I am a lot more free to do what I want to do as an actor. A lot more freedom. Yeah, and you have a lot more freedom. Like because in, in anime, in anime, you have to, you're, con you are stuck to the lip flaps. Um, uh, in original animation, you can add ers, ahs, you can add a laugh if you want, if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, you can add all of that stuff. As long as it's not actual words, you can add it. And it's totally fine. Versus, like, yeah, in, in Japanese, you have to stick to what they wrote because it fits the lip flaps. Also, and... you record, you go in separately, and it's like with original animation. I think you record with, like, um, a group yeah. of actors. You record with other people to play off of them and have better chemistry usually. so you can play off. And, yeah, usually. Yes, but, like, usually. in anime, it's, it's strictly just one person. Right. Once and that's another thing is that, yeah, I like being able of like, again, I grew up in theater. So I like being able to play off of my fellow actors um, in the same room as me. I like that energy. And so um, having that is very helpful, too. I still love doing anime. I, I will never stop like loving doing anime. Anime is yeah. fun. Because it's also something to, you grew um, up with. <laughs> right, but I definitely have more freedom in original animation. For, and, like, even in original animation, you have a little bit more freedom than you do in video games, even. Because even in video games, um, you are not stuck to lit flaps, per se, but you are stuck to a time constraint. Because with video games, um, you're you're stuck to whatever the player is doing. 
at that moment. So you have to kind of get your lines in quick because the player might move on to something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like uh, with a lot of video game stuff, uh, um, sometimes you're the person being like, I don't think that's where you should go. Like that, that, that is like something that you need to say because you need to convey to the player that you're going out of bounds. But at the same time, you need to do it in character and you have to do it quick enough that the the player can hear you, you know, so that they know that you're telling them they're going out of bounds, right? Oh. Versus like original animation, you don't have to bother with that. I can do whatever I want as my character as long as it makes sense. Yeah. The three beeps oh. in anime. Beep, beep, beep. And then on the fourth beep, go. You go. <laughs> yeah, you get the A. Okay, let's go. Green light. But <laughs> okay, last question. Jesus, finally two hours. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like last question. Any advice then you want to give for people who want to get into this? Like any creative field, like whether it be acting or voice acting or just anything like writing and just all of this um, fun stuff. I would say to, I, I would actually like to specifically say to people who are dealing with um a chronic condition like i do okay um that it's possible you can you can do it you you have to jump through hoops yes but you can this is possible for you um so i'm not the only actor working as a voice actor who's doing this with a chronic condition um there um i have a friend who has lupus who is currently working in the industry and she does amazing an amazing job and she has as much a hard time as I do. And we actually like text back and forth like all the time about how we're doing to make sure that we're healthy and stuff like that. And, but like, you know, so if, if, if we can do it, you can, and there's tons of like, it, it, it is going to be hard, but you can totally do it. And then for everybody in general, yeah, just make sure that you're not being screwed over. Like you want to have a teacher that's currently working in the business. You want to make sure that you're not wasting your money on somebody who's just, who's not worked in 30 years. You know, that's not going to help you. I've had so many times where like people have come and said, well, my teacher said I should do this. And I was like, yeah, 30 years ago. That doesn't work now. <laughs> like, no, seriously, you think I'm you think I'm joking. I had somebody actually say like, well, my teacher said it was totally cool if I just go up to a to Paramount and like give them my resume. They will stop you at the gate because there's a guard there now. And they will make sure your name is on a list of never getting caught. You just blacklisted yourself from Paramount if you do that. Like, but their teacher, honestly, to God, told them that that was a smart thing to do. And I go, when was the last time they worked? And sure enough, it was in the 80s. Yeah, in the 80s, you could walk up to Paramount and give your resume. You can't do that now. Like, like, yeah, just just make sure that your teacher's currently working in business. <laughs> I'm sorry, change in my friend. Like honestly, I'm just sorry for that person that was told that because they wasted their money. Oh, I, on I, I really do feel. So and bad. so yeah, I just, I really like. Look, you don't have to te like use me as a teacher. You don't have to. I'm like, I'm a option as a coach. But if you're gonna choose anybody for a teacher, just make sure they're currently working in the industry. As something, even if it's at, like as a director, great. That's even better if they're a director. But as an actor, director, casting director, they're currently working right now. Because if they worked 20 years ago, that doesn't help you. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. And for the training and experience, how like best advice that you want to give for people like want to get into this? But like, how should I start? How can I get into this? Uh, 
this whole crazy world of VO and start acting, acting like a professional now. You may not be a professional right now, but start acting like a professional now. Because as I said, like when you're starting, you only have your uh, audition and your demo and your professionalism to tell them that you want to work with them. And they want to work with you. And believe me, like you think it's hard to get in this industry. There's actually tons of casting directors that are willing to take newbies with nothing on their resume. As long as you act like a professional. And that means not only like you yourself, but online as well. Your online presence needs to be professionalism. Oh, social media. Yes, That's social a media. big thing. Yep. All of that. It needs to be professional. And um, because they, when they don't have anything on your resume, they go to your social media and they look at it. Heck. They do that to me now. They go to my social media before they hire me and they look at what I posted. Uh, but now like so, stalking anything? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not stalking. It's just the company, like, if they're interested, like, if they're thinking about you, they're like, hmm, I'm thinking about hiring this person. Let's Let check their see. social media real fast because they want to make sure that they're not going to get in an end to any scandals. Okay. Oh, that, that's, a, that's definitely a good thing. Yeah. Right. Great so, that you mentioned that, by the way. Right. So act like a professional now. Make sure that you, <laughs> you're you not being a, a jerk, people. Like, also, no. Don't like, be a again, jerk. Yeah, don't be a jerk. Know your place. If somebody is talking that has been in the industry long, longer than you, let them talk and don't contradict them. Contradict them. Like, they're currently in the business. They've been in the business longer than you. Don't, don't say, well, I think you're wrong. Don't do that. Never say that. <laughs> because Please. guess what? You think, oh, they're not going to remember me. Yes, we do. We remember you. Oh, remember. We remember. I remember tons of people that have talked back to me that thought they knew better. And guess what? If, if, and casting, because guess, like, the thing is, is that also, casting also, like, if they know that you know somebody who's currently in the business and you don't have anything on your resume, they go and ask us. They ask, hey, what do you think of this person? And if I say, um, yeah, they're not professional, they're not going to work with you. Like, that's important to realize that, like, you you being a professional, everybody in the business is super important just because of that. Yep, definitely. Because everyone remembers and we all, we're like a community, we're like an industry. And but the thing is, yeah, it is a community. The community is small. We, we know who you are. So, small yeah. compared to like you know in like say on camera or like oh that. yeah on camera on camera is huge everybody's in camera like you can hide an on camera for like <laughs> yeah that that industry is much bigger than voiceover voiceover is a much smaller community it's just like hey um we're a big small community <laughs> we we know what you do and you better present yourself and you gotta make a good impression to look professional but yeah, mm -hmm. that's just yeah. simple as that. So yeah, don't have much else to say, but thank you so much for rambling on with me. Thank you for just joining me on this podcast for like two hours and just talking about yeah. a lot of so much rambling for two hours. Huh. <laughs> this is going to be, a, yeah, this is going to be a fun one to put up. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Social media plugins that you want to give out to the audience, to your listeners, so they can uh, get down yeah. to earth and all that good stuff. Um, follow me on Twitter. It's at Karina Betger. It's C-O-R-I-N-A-B-O-E-T-T-G-E-R. And then you can also find me on Instagram at, at Karina Betger. And also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Karina Betger. I made it super easy. So again, that's C-O-R-I-N-A-B-O-E-T-T-G-E-R. Yeah. Okay. 
Good. Yes. Yay. I'll definitely be sure to get it right the next time. I'll memorize it um, if I do see you and like, yeah, okay. And like any future stuff that you want to talk about in any future cons that you might be going to. And yeah, just anything that you're in that you may want to discuss about. And um, at I least just not pre-order I the Somnium Files on Amazon. AI the Somnium Files. Go pre-order it. It's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> And any future cons that we may I'm I'm cur I currently don't have any cur future cons. Um, but if you want to see me at a con, uh, and if you want to see any voice actor at a con, mind you, contact that con directly and ask them for us. Because if you ask them for, if enough people ask for us, then they'll invite us. So yeah. yeah. And I think you may go to E3 in the next Oh, week? I'm definitely going to E3 to, um, next week. So uh, whenever this podcast like shows, E3 right now is next week. I will be there on Tuesday um, hanging out. So if you see me, say hi. Uh, even though I might be a little late, a little bit later than usual. But yeah, this will definitely be, like I said, a fun two-hour podcast interview edit this is gonna take a lot of time but <laughs> yeah please pray for me but <laughs> thank you very much and any last words before we do go um subs and dubs are both amazing there that's the last thing i want to say <laughs> okay that way i won't have to ask so what do you prefer subs and dubs but you just answered that question good nope. you just made subs my time. And dubs are oh. both amazing both are yes. good <laughs> there's no yeah. need to fight over it Oh, yes. Thank you so much, Karina. Once again, it's my You're pleasure welcome. having you on. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Yeah. But, like, if you want to follow me on social media, I am Mystic IRJ, Mystic Writer. That's my Twitter handle. And um, all of my social media stuff, I'll link it into the description by the time this goes up on SoundCloud and YouTube channel and all other platforming podcast um, social media platforms that I currently use. So, if you want to see more episodes, definitely keep a look at on my Twitter and, um, yeah, check out SoundCloud and be notified whenever the new episode hits. And um, now I can finally go and get some lunch. Um, Me too. Yes, I'm going to go eat now and take care of some more yep. work in the future sometime. So, thank anyways, you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. Anyways, this is Mystic Rider Robert Jackson, and I am out of here. Skadoosh, flying away. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is Mystic Rider here, or Robert Jackson, and you have just tuned in to the Stacia Square podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in, and let's turn our attention and spotlight to today's special guest. So she's been a working actress in the, in the industry for more than 20 years, as it says on her resume. So ladies and gentlemen, I am really proud to introduce Miss, please forgive me if I butchered this, um, Corinna Boatger. Oh Becker, yeah. It's all good. Look at me. Look at me. 
already a professional here. So yeah. hi, thank you so much for <laughs> joining me for today's. Uh, no problem, and no worries about my name. It's like stupid. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, <laughs> please forgive me. But anyways, yeah, it's all cool. All cool. So yeah, thank you very much for joining. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm doing awesome, fabulous, keeping myself busy and just, you know, working a lot, which yeah. is something that um, a host like myself should be doing, which exactly. is always fun to do. Yeah. Yeah, very busy lately. It's just been really busy, you know, summertime is almost around the corner. And yeah, mm -hmm. we've got a lot of cons and all of that good stuff and work. Oh my gosh, so many cons. E3 is next week as far as when we're recording this. Oh my this. gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm very excited for that. I'm, uh, I get to go again. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm going again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever been to E3 before. Yeah, sad face emoji. Oh, I know. When yeah. you ever get the chance, though, it's really cool. Yeah, like tickets are expensive and, you know, it's not really too bad like in LA right now. In June, this but... is why I'm glad I'm industry. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, but like here comes like watch, watch. I'm going to jinx myself because like in July, you know, that's mm -hmm. when it's going to start getting really hot and, you know, Anime right. Expo is next month and mm -hmm. going for days and oh lord help me <laughs> oh yeah and and anime expo is so packed so on top of it and it's AX. super hot and then like it's so yeah. packed it's just ugh. big crowds overcrowded <laughs> yeah. and all of i that. don't do well in crowds so <laughs> uh, i i feel yeah but mm -hmm. yeah much more conventions coming up like oh yeah yes I'll promote like i'll just plug in which cons i'll be going to like at the end of this but yeah i'm um, sorry for like going like that's uh, okay <laughs> yeah we were kind of going on a little bit of a tangent here but yeah <laughs> thank you once again for joining me but yeah now that um i introduced you would you mind telling the our fine listeners who might be coming across this interview like yeah what do you do and mm -hmm. your occupations and your big resume and list of things that you do and yeah all of that stuff so people can get to know you a little bit be yeah. more familiar with your work so go ahead <laughs> Yeah, I can do that. Um, so as uh, Mystic Writer said, I am Karina Betger. I have been a professional actress for over 20 years, starting when I was a kid in um, musical theater in Seattle, um, doing professional theater until I got basically... <laughs> I started like going back and forth between Seattle and LA when I was in, in my teenage years. And um, then I joined SAG when I was... Um, like in the middle of my teenage years. And when you join SAG and you're part of the union, uh, it's hard to get work up in Seattle because they like the kids to be not union. Um, <laughs> and so I basically had to move to LA if I wanted to continue working. So I moved to LA. Um, in fact, uh, you might have seen me in like one of my first films called Aquila and the Bee. I have a small role in that film that nobody saw. And um, <laughs> and then I'm also a guest star in My Name is Earl. I was a co-star in Glee, Shameless, Desperate Housewives, The Mick. Um, there's just, they're uh, like awkward on MTV. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of on-camera stuff that I've done that I'm... I'm usually recognized actually for like my name's Earl, which was over 10 years ago, funny enough. Um, but then uh, I started doing voiceover uh, technically when I was eight, but more seriously 
um, a few years ago where I was like, I should really get into this. And um, the reason why was because I was getting, I have Crohn's disease and um, I was slowly getting more and more pain in my knees and um, we didn't know why. So I was like, if I'm going to be unable to walk here pretty soon, I need to find a way to still act while not being able to walk. And I was like, oh, wait, I know voiceover. I've already done that before. Let's do it again. Let's do it more seriously. Let's let's really go for it. And thank God I did, because there was actually three years where I was in a wheelchair. Um, and there's not a lot of roles for on camera for people in wheelchairs. Uh, so, um, yeah, I started doing voiceover and um, I got into Love Live. Um, I got into Erased, uh, Mega Dimension, Neptunia V2. Um, I've now worked with Cartoon Network on stuff. And um, then also you can see my DreamWorks thing on Netflix. I'm in Trolls as a guest star in one of the episodes. Um, and then we also announced this year um, that's going to come out later, I, the Somnium Files, which is a video game, and I play one of the lead characters. Um, and I can walk now, by the way. <laughs> we figured out that I have arthritis, and um, uh, with a lot of physical therapy and medication, I can now walk again and rock climb again. And um, it was just as like for that short period of time, I was like, if I still want to be able to act, like I need to figure something out because you know, you, you always have to work around what you have and just deal with the cards you're dealt with. And there's always something that you can do, whether, um, you're dealing with a lot of pain or, um, dealing with, you know, my type of disease or not. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, then <laughs> I, I was just like listening and then, um, yeah, that's, um, I think you pretty much, um, answered a bunch of questions just when I asked you like, yeah, your resume and yeah, that just covers a lot of time pretty much. Yeah. Um, yep. And all of that good stuff. So, yay, <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that means it's going to go by really more swiftly without me being awkward most of the time, which kind of happens a lot. <laughs> but, it's okay. Anyway. I'm awkward too. <laughs> we just become best friends. <laughs> yay. <laughs> best friends forever. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, believe it, but okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, like now we got your all of this stuff that you mentioned out. Um, you know your big introduction and yeah, quite a long introduction rather. But it's time that we go on with the Q and A session. Ooh, Michelle, Miss Corinna. All right, ask me questions. All right, great. <laughs> so like um. My first question is going back to like when you were a kid. So how did this whole um, like when did you first really decide that like, hey, I want to start doing this. I want to become an actor someday and I want to be on like Disney or Nickelodeon or whatever, like this right. dreams and stuff like that. So how did you um, first stumble? I was five years like old first get and oh, I yeah, already yeah. yeah, I was five years old and I'd already decided I wanted to be an actor. So I told my parents and my parents were dumb enough to listen. <laughs> like I, I i i there's no other way to explain that because now that i'm an adult i'm like why did my parents listen to a five-year-old girl that was like i want to be an actor make me one like who does that but my parents did and i got really lucky that my mom was all for it my dad was more hesitant but that's because 
my dad being my dad, he was like, no, I want her to be a pilot just like me. I know how to do that. So I know how to get her in. (laughs) (laughs) But like, uh, yeah, my mom was all for it. And one of the things that my mom always told me when I was young was that um, she was not going to be the one to drag me to um, the auditions or to the acting. Like it would, it would have to be me dragging her. You know what I mean? Like, cause she didn't want to be one of those stage moms that was like, no, you're going to act. You know, she didn't want to do that. She wanted to be like, nope, if you want to do this, you have to be the one that wants to do this. And you have to be the one that like, if I'm going to do this work for you, you have to be all gung ho about it, you know, no matter what. And I think there was only one time where she had to actually like sit me down and being like, I'm dragging you. If, if that's the case, we're going to stop this right now. And um, that was when I was starting to work as an actor. I had gotten like a little bit, um, what's the word, complacent, I guess, uh, about it. And I got comfortable and... I, I, you know, I, I started like just being lazy about it. And my mom was like, nope, that's we talked about this when we first started. That's not happening. I'm not dragging you. You have to drag me. And that talk really like was like, oh, right. I have to be the driver of this train, basically, and really work hard because my mom did a lot of work. I was just a kid. So like, you know, parents have to do a lot of work when, you know, your kid says, like, I want to be an actor. Well, your parents has to look up the classes. They have to make sure that the classes are legit because that's a lot of money that they're spending. Um, they have to find you an agent. They have to do a lot of work to get their kids just into the business. So, like, yeah, my mom did the smart thing of saying, you know, like, I'm I'm not going to be one of those parents that's going to force you to do this. You have to be the one to force me to do this. Right. So like, yeah, so because she didn't want to be that parent screaming at me, you know, say you're going to do this no matter what, like make money for me, basically. And um, that was a really smart thing that my mom did. Um, Besides, I mean, the dumb thing was that she listened to me. I wouldn't have done that if it was my own kids. I would have been like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) We'll get you into community theater and that's it. Versus like she got me into community theater. And, um, but then she went like the extra step of even finding out like how to get me into professional stuff in Seattle so I could start working as a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I think with this, um, what actually did inspire you like, um, to get into this? Was there like certain influences or did you like watch shows or books? It was a mixture of, uh, different things. So first of all, um, it was a mixture of like watching my mom perform in church. She she sang in church a lot. That's and, cool. Yeah, and that was like the one thing that I liked about church was going to perform because my mom did it and I wanted to be like her. And then another factor was um Jim Carrey in The Mask. That movie Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I that love movie Jim will Carrey. forever be um engraved in my brain as like the reason why I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be just like Jim Carrey. I wanted to make people laugh. And The Mask was the movie that for some reason, again, my parents let me watch as a kid. <laughs> Which I watch Honestly, now and I see all of like the jokes and I'm like, oh my God, I would have never let my kid watch that. Oh, they did. Same? Yeah, it all went over my head. Uh, yeah. and, but like, I loved that movie as a kid and I still love that movie. It's It's genius um but yeah like that movie really inspired me a lot and then also my sister um funny enough my first audition that I ever did I went with my sister 
And um, I wanted to do it because my sister was doing it. And unfortunately, she actually had to quit the audition halfway through because the performances collided with her dance. But I kept on going. And if it wasn't for my sister, you know, being there with me to begin with, I wouldn't have been there for my first audition. And I got it. Thank you, sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Alyssa. I love you. <laughs> yeah, if she ever listens to this out there somewhere. So, yeah, that's amazing, though. <laughs> but mm -hmm. anyways, continue. <laughs> Um, so yeah. yeah, it was just a mixture of all those things uh, and getting into, you know, like I I I just loved the I love being a, mainly I love being the center of attention. I'm I'm the middle child, so of course that's like yes, I love being the center of attention. <laughs> um, and so uh, being acting like Jim Carrey when I was a kid was one of the ways to kind of do that so yeah i wanted to be an actor because that's what jim carrey did yeah exactly <laughs> um it, it, it's just like um you know when you mentioned jim carrey i was like um dude that just reminds me so much because of when i watched jim carrey in movies like you know the mask or pet mm -hmm. ventura and like mm -hmm. um what else he was in um he's in so many at the moment but like um or even like the Grinch, if the, that yeah, counts. the Grinch, yes. the pet detective, like all that yes. stuff. He was he was genius. And he was he is in a lot of movies, and I think he was like like one of the early influences of me wanting to perform, like wanting to do acting in like um you know in movies and like in TV right. shows and like um being on theater um which um it's funny enough it kind of ties into like you know um. When I was younger, I always was fascinating, fascinated on like um, being up on stage and want to become like a comedy act. And uh, mm -hmm. because I really love Mabel, I like to bring smiles to people's faces and uh, also really like to, you know, make people laugh. And um, yeah. I wanted to do that when I was a kid, but um, I was, <laughs> well, you know, it was just a of like me being you know shy like, uh yeah i don't know if this is really for me but then that's how i found in voice acting so pretty much i get to do acting behind a microphone and i get to scream not literally scream right. all day long but just say really dumb weird stupid things yeah like hours and hours and hours but thankfully no it doesn't to buy any living with me in my house oh, yeah now I coming knocking into my saying, Mister, you need to be quiet. Okay, mm -hmm. we're trying. I'm working. I'm sleeping. Can you yeah. Sit down. Oh, did I lose you? <laughs> oh no, so, I think I lost yeah. you for a second. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it, it's, yeah. it's okay. It happens. What did you just say? <laughs> I said I get to just pretty much say I get to make a lot of noise all day and all, all night long. So pretty much I get to just say whatever I want to without oh, yeah. any interruptions. So that's that's a that's a very good thing. It's always a big plus. It's mm -hmm. use it to your advantage. So anyways, um so with this um acting of the doing um, that you did back then, um as one of your um best um like some of your favorite, um, like in shows or like a movie, and uh, that stuff. So like your favorite thing you did, 
But um, what would be the magical about like doing? Dink. If you can you're really gonna have to say it. that one more time because you're cutting in and out for me. I'm so sorry. Okay, that's fine. But like I was just saying, what were some of the magical moments of performing on stage and being on TV movies, all that stuff, Ooh. like in shows? Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think like some of the most magical moments that I ever had on stage and and on camera was like when, so because I was a very sickly kid. Um. We I got diagnosed when I was 16 that it was Crohn's disease, and I think for me the biggest thing about theater and about acting was that like I could go on stage and forget that I was sick for a while um I mean I'm I'm always sick like that's never gonna go away but at least I could forget for those hours that I was performing that I was sick and um I like because even um I was very I was very sick when I was a teenager um like throughout the whole time. And I, I have vivid memories of me throwing up just before going on stage and singing. And, but it didn't matter. Like I, like I had, I had stage like managers being like, are you sure you don't have to go on stage and being like, no, I'm going to go because even throwing up just before going on stage, like that didn't matter to me. What mattered was that when I'm on stage, I don't have to remember that I'm sick. The show must go on after all. Right, exactly. The show must go on. But like um, when I was on stage, I I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't have to worry about if I was dying or not. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know like, that gets really thank, somber, thank, but that's the truth. And Thank um, God it was never I, the case, I, though. Trust right. me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I, I have almost uh, died a few times because of my disease. and But when I was on stage or performing or... Um, anything like that, I didn't have to remember that I was sick. And I think that's like the best part about it is that I'm so like, you're so busy into like the scene and the emotions in the scene that you don't have to remember anything outside of that for that moment. Um, so for example, like, um, I was in a Got Milk commercial when I was, uh, like, um, oh gosh, seven years ago, seven years ago, I was in a Got Milk commercial. I was really sick. I was so sick. They flew me out to New York on top of it. Um, and the day that we went to go film, in between takes, they had to put a bucket next to me because in between takes, I was throwing up. Like, it would go action and cut and then bleh, right into the bucket next to me every oh. single time. Oh, and boy. it was rough. It was rough. But again, like, this, this world love acting like they don't really like the world in general does not care so you have to keep going no matter what you know like um but i mean for those moments that they said action i didn't have to remember that that's what was happening i just had to do my job um it eventually got to the point where the um so when you're on set they always have a nurse they legally have to have a nurse on set and um and so she took me aside and she put me in a room and she's like, I'm covered by HIPAA. This is obviously not the flu like you told me it was. What is this? I can't tell anybody else what this is. You have to tell me what this is. And I finally broke down in tears and saying it's Crohn's disease. Like, I don't know what's going on. I just don't want to get fired because they have a job to do, too. And um, and, you know, if you're not there that day, they're going to recast you. Um, and unfortunately, like I was crying to the nurse saying like, please don't send me to the hospital. I can do this. I can do this. And she's like, I, I have to, 
you're at a point where I can't take care of you. I have to send you to the hospital. So they sent me to the ER, unfortunately. And I was crying on the way there, calling my agent, being like, like, I I just want to work. They're going to recast me. And um, she's like, don't worry. Like, um, work with me. I will try to convince them not to recast you. And I was like, as long as they give me medication at the ER, I can be back the next day and we can get through this. Like, they just need to give me medication at the ER. And she was like, okay. And also, I'm in New York. York, by the way. So I'm not even in LA and my parents live in Seattle. So like I'm calling my mom. She's like, oh my God, do I need to fly to New York right now? What's going on? So my mom's freaking out at this point. And I was like, no, don't do that. Like, I'll be fine. This happens all the time because it did happen all the time. I ended up in the hospital all the time. I still do. Um, <laughs> but like, this was really bad. Like, I mean, throwing up in between takes is pretty bad for Crohn's. And so um, I was in the hospital. It was hours after. And I was sure I was recast at that point. And I get a call from my agent. And basically, um, thank God I had practiced being sick and still being able to perform. Because I get a call from my agent while I'm in the hospital. I'm hooked up to an IV um, they to stop, uh, like, and they give me medication to stop me throwing up. And... Um, they basically say, my agent says, you impressed them so much because you were able to act in between being so sick that the producer, mind you, the producer is the one who makes the final say because they're the ones giving the money, right? The producer said, I don't care how long I have to wait for that girl. She's perfect. We're waiting. And to hear that in a situation where you know you would get recast in any other circumstances to hear that you are still doing your job in between being that sick and that you still impress them enough when you're being that sick like that was just like oh my god that's like such an honor to hear and again thank god that I practiced when I was a kid to still go on stage whether or not the the um the stage manager said no you're sick please stay and me fighting and saying no I have to be on there. I have lines. I have a job to do. You know, like that just made it all worth it in that moment of being like, so I can still do this while I'm sick. It doesn't matter. I can still do this. And um, I think that was like the highlight of my career, honestly, for that small little Got Milk commercial was like that that producer was willing to wait for me to come back and was wasting money to wait for me to come back because he was like, if she's able to do that while she's that sick and still be able to perform and throw up in between takes, of course I'm waiting for her. Like, that's insane. I've never heard that in my whole career that like somebody would get sick and they don't just recast you. You know? (laughs) Oh, that was just... Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm kind of I'm kind of a little speechless right now. Um, but wow, <laughs> I'm just uh... funny enough. The reason mm. why I was so sick a few weeks later, I actually had to go into surgery. Part of my colon had died. That's why I was so sick. <laughs> so <laughs> like like so I was so sick during that whole like process because my part of my colon had died and it had to be removed. <laughs> And I was still like, no, get me back on stage. (laughs) 
I'm feeling really bad. I just. Why are you feeling bad? No, I wanted to give you hugs because you were sick during all of this. No, it's okay. I, I, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm alive. So. Oh yeah, that 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 is a miracle. And yeah, I love it. So. I survived. I'm alive. I kept my job, which that's a miracle on its own. Like. (laughs) It's insane. It really is. But I mean, like, it's just. I'm so lucky to have what I have in my life because, again, if I didn't have my mom starting me when I was little, I wouldn't have had that moment. Like, if I was anybody else, I probably would have said, fuck it, or excuse me, sorry, screw it. Screw it, yeah. (laughs) Screw it, um, like, just hire somebody else. I'm so sick. But because, like, I was used to being like, no, I'm still going to go. I'm still going to get on stage. I'm still going to um, record for this audition. I'm still gonna be there. Like if I didn't have my mom pushing me through that and helping me through all that, like I, I would have been a quitter. Um, but I'm, I, I'm not because my mom was one. I mean, like my mom is like the biggest person in my life, uh, my biggest cheerleader. And she was like one of the main ones to be like, you know, you need to make sure that you're healthy all the time. You need to, um, make sure that when you're not like, you can still work all that stuff. And, yeah, she was just amazing, an amazing mother that like really put all of her energy into me and into her kids in general. Um, and so, you know, ha- having having somebody like that and and pushing you through all of the hard times and being like, it doesn't matter if you're going through this, you still have a job to do. Like, and that sounds harsh, but it's true. Like, it doesn't matter what you're going through on the outside. The acting business is brutal and they don't care what you're going through most of the time. That's why I was so, I was for sure thinking I was going to get recast in that, in that commercial. And I didn't because I worked so hard. So like. Yeah, I I <laughs> I don't really know how to end that story, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> okay, that's amazing, and <laughs> you are absolutely right about one thing because, like, in the acting business, um, it yeah, it's, it's brutal. pretty cutthroat. Pretty they much, they don't care what you're going through. You still have a job to do because they're spending money every single minute that you're there, and if you're wasting their time, they'll recast. And money. Yeah, and many and like they have to recast you. They have to. They're wasting money. Every every minute is a thousand dollars at least, if not more, depending on the production. So like, is thinking of that and being like, you don't want to be the reason that they're wasting money. You don't mm-hmm. want to be the reason because then either they'll recast you or they'll never cast you again. And that's kind of like um, setting up a reputation for yourself because uh, mm-hmm. you have to really prove yourself to become valuable because you have to be right. reliant, reliable to the directors, the clients, mm-hmm. the producers, and the people who are making the show. And right. um, you have to impress, like, you know, the crew. So they pretty mm-hmm. much, you're pretty much one of the main factors into how, um, if they're selling a product or like for a commercial, like radio mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, then they're relying on you. Um, and you're one of the main factors um, as to how they can get this out and they can right. uh, make successful product and they can, you know, make money because uh, if you screw up, oh boy, then yeah. Yeah. Like, right. um, and, like no way, Jose, you're out of here. here and there. <laughs> right. Like you 
screw up a little bit here and there. Everybody um, screws up takes here and there. But if you're if you're at the point where you're doing like fifty takes, like yeah, they're gonna recast you. Takes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it happens. You'd be surprised. I've I've known people that like just choked when they got it, got the job. They finally got the job, and then they choked, and they had to be recast because they couldn't handle the pressure when they finally got in front of the camera. Ah, uh, like I do hear that it happens. It's also like um the equivalent of like say if you're recording like an audition, right? Mm-hmm. And people send it like five, six, seven, eight takes per line. It's just like you really yeah. only need like one or two. Two you if you want to do like a different you need two. You should never like actually I've I've even heard from a lot of casting directors that they want one. They don't uh, want multiple. They want one and they're uh, done. Because they also, you have to think of it like this. They're listening to not just your audition. They're listening to 40 auditions or more. So, uh, like, if you're you giving them seven or eight takes, you're showing them that you need seven or eight takes to be good. No. <laughs> like, no, what are you doing? That just, that just, that just confirms them. That just, you know, um that sets in their mind that like yeah mm-hmm. that's just shows what or how you're presenting yourself because seven through eight takes right. per line then the directors are gonna know like uh i think they're kind of then they're gonna think like yeah you're kind of desperate or like um right maybe this is not somebody that they want to really trust or rely on and yeah. you and like you just have that one audition to show them that you're a professional and you're reliable don't that's- give them any other reason to think otherwise send them one or two takes unless they ask for more if they ask for three great do three but they're never gonna ask for more than four yeah no i have never seen an audition ask for like five takes no i've seen i've seen auditions say only send us a maximum of four which does not mean send them four by the way if they say only send a maximum of four only send two yeah Always send really... half of what their maximum is because, I mean, again, they're listening yes, yeah. to 40 different auditions. They're not just listening to you. And I think, like, as an actor, especially in voice acting, you're not going in that room with the casting director. So you forget that you're not the only one auditioning versus on camera. You're waiting in a room with all those other actors there. And you're waiting right next to them. And you're seeing your competition versus in voiceover. You don't see your competition. So you kind of forget oh, yeah. that the casting director <laughs> has a hundred of these to go through, not just yours. So like, yeah, it's it's a definitely a different experience auditioning for voiceover um, when you're not in the room with them versus on camera. Yeah. And like, come to think of it, that actually does. Um, and it's true because um, if you're like an actor, you you you're looking at your competition right there so it's just like Mm -hmm. yeah that just kind of i mean it might be nerve-wracking but that just um puts in even more like you know um this 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 fire under you fire inside of you that like yeah you better not mess this up but like your voiceover is a little bit easier because like well you're in a room and it's you the client director um whoever it is that is also there um mm-hmm. that's kind of like the one big difference between like if you're acting and like if you're doing voiceover stuff like voice acting then yeah that's like one real huge difference right there mm-hmm. in a nutshell so yeah. um yeah but as far as like you know um your favorite stuff that you've done i know the, the god milk commercial it has a special place in your heart for a pretty good for reason. reasons, yeah. yeah. For reasons, but like, yeah. Any other that you hold a f- 
you hold like a soft spot um so that would actually have to be my most recent um uh thing that i announced uh i recently got to actually announce that i'm gonna be in sailor moon um (laughs) yeah that was like the big one (laughs) because sailor moon was like the show that i watched as a kid um yeah when i when i when i got the i got the audition in november of last year so i was like oh my god 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 and this was the last auditions they were doing because this is the final season for sailor moon that they never dubbed in english um and so I was like, I have to be in this. I don't care what I do. I have to be in this as something. And I thought I didn't book it because I didn't get a call or an email until January. And January, <laughs> finally, they sent me a, a um, email saying, you're going to be Sailor Tanianko. And I was like, oh, my God, no way. Like, I cried. I cried. I've never cried that much over a casting in my life. Yeah. Like, I've cried over casting before. Not that much. That Like, I was bawling to the point where you couldn't understand the words I was saying. Because, like, <laughs> you know, we all have NDAs, and I know that. But I did tell my mom oh, yeah, the yeah. reason why. Because my, mom, my mom's my mom been there for me from day one. She understands NDAs. She's not going to post anything. Honestly, she'll probably forget about it in two seconds. Anyway. Okay. That, that, um, that's a good But thing. I called my mom, and I was like, Mom, I'm getting <laughs> she was like um are you okay are you in a car crash what's going on are you in the hospital like she went through the whole list and i was like no like i she was like you need to calm down what's going on and she thought she she was like do i have to call 911 i am so worried like what's going on karina and finally i was able to calm down enough after like 10 minutes of sobbing um i finally was able to tell her i'm in sailor moon and she was like don't you ever do that to me again. I'm really proud of you. Don't get me wrong. But God damn it, Karina, you had me so scared. <laughs> and like, I scared the crap out of my mom. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. I scared her so much. She thought I was so like hurt and stuff. And I was like, no, I booked Sailor Moon. And that was it. And, and <laughs> she was so mad at me. um but yeah that one that one just has like a huge special place in my heart because of like the fact that i watched that as a kid that that was the anime that got me into anime was sailor moon (laughs) um i watched it with my brother because um dragon ball z was right after it after school oh yeah dragon ball z sailor moon and yeah and And you'd watch all of those after school those those big three those were what you watched those were the big three at the time yeah in the late 90s and 2000s Wow. Yep, and that's that just shows how over getting. I know, right? <laughs> um, but like that—that that was just like the big. Oh my god, I actually booked it. And then I will say, like, um, another one that I will say, like, is is one that I'm just really proud of, and um, stuff like that is I the Somnium Files. Um, again, that's a video game that's coming out later this year in September, and um, I think that it's gonna be a really cool game and also i just really love my character a lot she's 12 years old she's a little girl um and she's feisty and um she's definitely me when i was 12 and so that's why i really have a special place in my heart for mizuki um which is the character's name and um I I i i did a lot of work on that video game and i really hope that people see what 
I put into it um, because I had to go to a lot of emotional places for that character. And um, I think she definitely shows my range as an actor. So yeah, those are the, those are the three things that I would say, like those hold, hold dear to me. Hmm. Yeah. And like, um, it's funny how you mentioned like with Sailor Moon, um, I think you auditioned, you said you auditioned for it like back in November of last year, and then you got to call yeah. back in January. So yeah, it's like at one point you're excited, but then at the same time, it's just like, oh, why? Well, I have to be in an NDA. I can't tell anybody about it until they actually yeah. know. <laughs> Those NDAs suck. <laughs> yeah, there's always the catch, that one mm -hmm. role that you're excited that you finally got after all these years and then you realize oh i gotta be in a freaking nda yeah 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 personal they, thoughts they really but i mean like i understand why they exist so it's like uh but what are your personal thoughts on ndas since i am again i understand why they exist like uh the game companies and the uh anime companies and any company really wants to control the information um especially in this day and age where we do live in um uh, uh, a very connected world where anything can be leaked in two seconds and everybody will know about it. Um, Let's look at like the Avengers movies, for instance, like right. Endgame and Infinity War. Yeah, <laughs> the Marvel movies. It happens so, all the time. So, so it happens whoopsies. all the time. And um, I think that you know, yeah, NDAs are kind of important for that reason. And also, like, uh, so for example, because I do on camera. In commercials, yeah. you actually um, don't get your sides until you show up for the audition. And the reason why was because they had a while back, they would um, they would have people they like. So let's say I was doing a commercial for a Chevy, right? Toyota would send over um, spies to basically sign up for the audition and grab the script before they even ended up at the audition, right? And then they would be like, oh, this is what Chevy's doing. Let's make a commercial just like this and do it faster than them. And then the minute that that commercial come out, Chevy would have wasted all that money trying to make a commercial that Toyota did quicker. Just because they stole the information. And yeah, that would happen. So now when you go in for commercial auditions for on camera, you don't get the sides until you walk in that room. And the minute you walk in that room, you are under NDA. You can't take the sides with you. Um, and they're really strict on that because of a few years, a few like 10 years back when people would steal the sides and give them back to the other um, opposing company. And the opposing company would be like, okay, let's do this commercial like way faster. So NDAs are super important. Um, they suck. It really does suck when you have something you really want to say, but at the same time, like understanding why the NDA is there, like, yeah, it's important and it needs to be there. Uh, exactly. So, um, since you did mention like, you know, shows, um, like since they were moved, what's a show that you did watch as a kid? What other shows that, um, you watched as a kid that kind of, you know, inspired you that like, yeah, I want to start, you know, acting or voice acting and stuff. <laughs> Rugrats yeah. was one of them for sure. Um, I loved, I loved Rugrats as a kid. Uh, Rock was Modern Life. Um, wow. So like the Nicktoons, like the Nickelodeon Oh, I was all about then. Nickelodeon. I was a yeah. Nickelodeon kid head on. I was Nickelodeon Cartoon Network because I loved Dexter's Laboratory too. I did not watch Disney as much as a kid. 
Um, funny enough, yeah. I watched it more as a teenager, but um, yeah, I I was mostly into Nicktoons and Cartoon Network, and um, like oh, and then I would stay up really late when my parents weren't noticing to watch Toonami, um, or like at midnight when they would play Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> oh my dude, that yeah. show! I and need then also to start Ghost watching. In the Shell. Ghost in the Shell was a really good one that I'd stay up really late. Um, wow. oh, and Gundam Wing was my jam. Oh my gosh, even the Gundam Wing. Yeah, Gundam Wing. That show was my jam. It was so good. I loved that show as a kid. I like that's what basically got me into anime was all those shows. And then um I I did love Disney movies as a kid. I was obsessed with The Little Mermaid. Um I really loved Mulan, the movie. Um oh. Same, yeah. Mulan and, is one of my favorite. It's underrated, oh, yeah. in my opinion. Oh god, that movie's so good. Um, all the music is amazing in it. Um, but uh, and then I was also really into musical theater because I was in musical theater myself. So like, oh, I uh, yeah. <laughs> I knew all of the lyrics to Cats. Um, <laughs> as a kid, it's so cool though. <laughs> yep, and um, and uh, I knew all the lyrics to Rent as a kid. Like all of those shows that were like, I I was like all about um. One of the, my favorite, um, my my dad was a pilot, so we went to a lot of different places all over the world. And we went to London one time, and we actually got to see The Lion King on stage. And that changed my whole friggin' world. I was floored. It was so good. Um, the the set design, the, 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 um, the costume design, and then the acting on top of it, and the singing that went along with it was just phenomenal and so like that was like lion king on stage uh like i never thought anything would be better than the original movie and i honestly think lion king on stage was better than the original movie original like you mean the animated movie that came out yep. in 1994 okay yep. yeah wow yeah because like, i, I up, saw the yeah. play when i was like nine or something i uh, think uh, i yeah. i i remember yeah because like the lion king gives one of my childhood like mm-hmm. movies that I watched on VHS. Oh, by the way, kids, did you remember that VHSs were a thing? <laughs> they existed, and there was oh also Blockbuster, God, and yeah, Hollywood uh, Video. Yep. Oh my God! Um, but yeah, every weekend my mom would take us to Hollywood Video, and we would get movies. My mom was uh, so cool; she'd let us watch rated R movies, but we had to watch them with her. That was the stipulation. She was like, "You can watch rated R movies, but you have to watch them with me, and we have to discuss." <laughs> that goes on that i think is inappropriate or whatever basically and so like yeah it was i got to watch a lot of movies uh she let me watch the fly as a six-year-old which i will never forgive her for by the way i love you mom but i will never let you i will never forgive you for letting me watch the fly when i was six years old and i had nightmares for months that movie is so disgusting Nope, and I have not watched it since, by the way. I have not watched it as an adult. I refuse. (laughs) Uh, What was I saying? Okay, Lion King. Yeah, the movie. I watched it as a kid, and I would just rewind it, and I would just kind of sing along to, like, um, the songs. You know, I want to be, I can't wait to be king, and Hakuna Matana, and, uh, uh, you know, Scars, um, Be Prepared, and, yeah, Mm -hmm. and including the opening, which... 
now it's pretty much become the spawn of many memes that you see on the internet. Yeah, the circle but of it's life. so good. The song itself is so good, but yeah. they just play it everywhere as part of a joke. I love the memes for it. I think it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. The circle of life. Oh man, that's never gonna get out of my out of I my love head. The, I always love the one where um Rafiki just throws Simba like yeet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I've seen it too. Yeah. It's that oh, one yeah. makes me laugh every time. And let's not forget about all of the compilation videos, all of the memes I keep seeing about like Scar's death. Like that whole like mm-hmm. the shot of like him falling to like the stampede. Yep. Oh my god. Oh Mufasa's death, yeah. Um yeah, that one. I, I... <laughs> We went we went rock climbing not, or not too long ago, and I always told my friends I was like, "We need to recreate Mufasa's death right here." Long oh, live don't the king. never do that. Please don't do it, <laughs> especially it's a rocky. Like, it's so it's dumb. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, we're barely off the ground. We're not even that far off the ground. So like, okay. that's good. But <laughs> yeah, so like, um, shows that I watched. Okay, so I was I was a big Nickelodeon fan, Cartoon Network. So mm-hmm. it was just like SpongeBob, Hey Arnold, and oh like, yeah. Really odd parents of Danny Phantom and Avatar, mm-hmm. those shows and the Danny cartoon Phantom cartoons. Like, so yeah. good. And so Avatar, like I honestly think Avatar is like the best cartoon series of all time. So yeah. Invader Sam. I loved Invader Sam. I loved Invader Sam. Oh my god, Gur. Like the next time I get a dog, I'm naming it Gur. Uh, yeah. Every time I tell somebody that I need to use the restroom or like I come back from the restroom, I would just exclaim, My business is done. <laughs> Oh yeah, and oh, it's just like if there's something I want to do, getting work done, I would just say like, um, or if like I if I need to do business, then I would just say I have a mighty need to use. The yeah. <laughs> that yeah. I'm just never gonna let let that die. <laughs> but right. yeah, then cartoons like there's Dexter, there's Johnny Bravo, Powerpuff Girls, and mm-hmm. Courage the Cowardly Dog, and Ed, Ed and Eddie, even though Courage kind of terrified oh, me. Oh, Ed, Ed and Eddie but... was such a good show as well. Like, that uh, just shaped my childhood. Yeah, right I love those shows even more now. Now that I'm like... Oh, now as well, an adult, as an I go adult, back yeah. and I watch them, and I'm like, these were so much more genius than I even thought. Uh, it's like, like Courage had a lot of episodes that kind of scared me as a kid, and mm-hmm. Invader Sim too, but you there know, was you're one kid. Courage just, episode yeah. that even as a kid and even now as an adult, I still cry to every time. And it's the one where they had the guy who um, he he definitely did not look like uh, like because um, uh, what is it? Eustace, uh, the yeah. old man. He yeah. hated the way the guy looked. He was like, that guy is gross looking, but Courage made oh, friends I with him and he, and he played bells or whatever. That episode made me cry every single time bawling as a kid and like my mom would be like what's wrong and i'm like it's just so sad like <laughs> be like seven years old and watching that and having your kid like have an emotional reaction to something like that <laughs> i'm sure my mom was just like you are weird <laughs> i mean to be fair all of us are kind of weird i mean like yeah. i cry i still kind of get a little teary-eyed i'm like um the one scene in the Rugrats movie where it's it was implied that like Tommy was almost about to like um not kill but like um yeah there was like the scene mm-hmm. where like they were out there in a storm and mm-hmm. yeah at that moment where like it almost looked like that yeah the new baby he's actually gonna die but then yeah that was like 
dude, that was intense. Like, yeah. there were a lot of regress episodes that I, I cried in the Mother Day's, Mother's Day episode. Oh, when the Turkey, Mother's like, wanted a mom. Day episode. That yeah. one I cried so much. And then, yeah. and then when when um Chucky's dad like reads the letter that his mom sent him, like oh, bawling. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, shows that we grew up watching, but anime. I was more of a cartoons type of guy. I didn't really mm. watch much superheroes as a kid, but like Batman, the animated series is starting to become one of my all-time favorite shows. Oh, such a good yeah. show! And I never such watched good- Superman. I'll get around to it but yeah like for anime um never really watched too much of it i was aware of toonami but i don't think i really watched any except for like maybe pokemon and Mm -hmm. a little bit of (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh. but yeah i was not really too much into it as a kid but now there's a lot of shows that i really do love uh too many to list but Mm -hmm. like yeah you have like you know the dragon ball z and sailor moon and yeah, like One Piece and Naruto Bleach and all of those stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like those. So well, anime is shows, just yeah. anime is just becoming more accessible now because of the exactly. internet, and it's 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 awesome. I think it's like it's one of the best things because like now now I can watch those weird anime that I heard of as a kid, but it was really hard to find. You know, yeah. like especially now that they're redubbing it and everything. Like they're redubbing a lot of old stuff that was never dubbed, and I. For instance, right now, yeah, like the new the new season that was never dubbed. I'm so happy that it's gonna get dubbed now, and now I can actually like watch it. Um, you can because... actually be in the moment, literally. Yeah, and now I'm in, in it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's still like crazy to me, but yeah, like so it, it's 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 a really awesome thing now that we have the internet the way that it is, and and we can accept um where we can get find those shows a lot more easy and watch them whenever we want. <laughs> uh, so like, um, as far as like, you know, voiceover voice acting goes. So, okay. Time for the juicy question. Ooh. Who are some of the voice actors you do look up to in the industry influence you? And yeah. Who do you absolutely adore? And you could be biased to say your friends too, because yeah, <laughs> your colleagues well, as well. But like the, people the you funny grew up thing with is, is that in the industry, if you're in the industry, you most of the time know everybody. Um, whether exactly. it's like on a on a very good friend basis or even just like as an acquaintance. Um, uh, but uh so funny enough, I look up to Steve Bloom a lot, but I'm also really good friends with his son. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and then uh Mary Elizabeth, I uh, she's a friggin' titan in the industry. I look up to her so much. I've met her a few times because, of course, like Steve Bloom and her are together, and I'm friends with Steve Bloom's son. Um, okay, and, bragging. Yeah, yeah bragging. Let's brag uh, about it to the audience out there. <laughs> but like, I, I mean, it's just when you're in the industry, you just know all these people. Um, I, I've worked with Fred Tatascore on several occasions, and I look up to him so much. Um. I also look up to Stephanie Lemlin. Uh, she's an amazing actress who I've had the pleasure of working with. And I have a funny story about that one too. Um, I was, right, go I was, ahead, Sherry. <laughs> I was, um, it was at Cartoon Network. It was my first time being there. And I was already freaking out because I was at Cartoon Network. And I was like, nope, you're, you can't fangirl. You're like, you're a professional. You can't fangirl. So uh-huh. I didn't know who was going to be there until I got there though. And it was Fred Tatascore and Stephanie Lemlin. And I was like, oh, my God. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. That's Um so I was like, nope, you're gonna concentrate on your on on your script. You're not gonna look to the left or the right of you because that's where they are. You're just gonna concentrate on your script. That's what you're gonna do. Put all your energy in that and then like you'll be fine, right? Yep. We get to a break and we go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom and Stephanie Lemon's in there and washing her hands and I'm in the stall and she's like, Karina, where did you learn how to act? And I was like, Oh, I started as a kid and, and you know, and, and stuff. And she was like, cause you are so good. I hope you don't mind that I've been staring at you this entire time. And I about fell in that toilet. Like I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. Stephanie Lemon just said I was good. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> I like took everything not to fall in that moment. And like, because like having somebody of that caliber just say that you're so good. And like, cause I didn't even notice that she was staring at me because I was so like focused on, focus on your script, focus on your script, you know, like be a professional, focus on the job. And that I didn't even notice that she was doing that. She was like, yeah, I've been staring at you the whole time. You are such a good actress. And I was just like, thank you. <laughs> like, I, uh, like it was, it was just like a great moment and so funny <laughs> because I'm just an awkward person. I, I mean, like I, um, I got diagnosed with autism, like, of, um, quite a few years back. And so now it makes sense why I'm so awkward, but like, you know, I, I try to, <laughs> I swear we've just literally become best friends because um, <laughs> Hey, me too. We're on the same page. We yeah. can share our awkwardness and <laughs> rambling nonsense I mean, all day long. Exactly. Um, but like, so, so like when you're, when you're in that moment of just having like that, that one moment of like, oh God, I just have to put all my energy in my work. And, and then having somebody of that caliber being like, you are so good. Like it's validating and it's scary at the same time because you're like what did they have like they they, they're wrong they're talking about the wrong person they don't know who they're talking to like you have that moment of like denial that they know who you are if that makes sense like that they that they're they're talking to you sometimes yeah because because they're it's it's somebody that you've looked up to for so long uh, I mean, like, I, I love Stephanie Lundland. She did an amazing, like, she plays my favorite car- character on Young Justice. And she is such a good actress. And um, she's another titan in the industry. And, like, having somebody like that be like, you are so good. When you're working with them, like, that's, like, worth everything that I've been through in this business to get to where to that moment like, everything that. you've been through like you were mentioning yeah like about yeah. an hour ish or so ago yeah yeah, yeah so, everything that you i mean yeah yeah those those people i definitely look up to um carlos all is rocky who played of course rocco and rocco's modern life and then, oh yeah um he <laughs> i can't pronounce his last person. name i am really terrible with pronouncing i you. couldn't pronounce it until my boyfriend told me how to it's all is rocky um oh. Okay, I cannot, pre- yep. I cannot say his last name in years because, like, is it uh, Alice Aquai or is it? Yeah. Is it blah, 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 blah. I just say Carlos, Alice- the guy. There Rocco. you go, Carlos. Carlos. Um, yeah. And then I, I definitely would not be where I am today if it was Charlie Adler. Um, Charlie oh. Adler, of course, being Mr. Oh, Mr. Big Head <laughs> on Rocco's Modern Life, but also like you know playing cow and chicken and. I mean, he shaped my childhood as well. And also, he, I, he's my mentor. 
I actually take Ooh. acting classes from him. And um, so, yeah, I, I definitely would not be anywhere in this industry without that man's help. Um, uh, Charlie Adler's uh, the nicest per like the the nicest person I know. And at the same time, he's he's tough and um, honest as because, again, this industry is tough. So if you don't have a teacher that's willing to yell at you and basically say that sucked, what are you doing? You're not going to get better. And you definitely don't have what it takes in this industry if you can't handle something like that, um, because this industry is ruthless. And so he just has a way of like making you laugh when he's giving you criticism to make you like calm down and you know relax and just perform without holding back like he he um and he encourages you to do that and he encourages you to trust your instincts and um as an actor in in your choices and um yeah, I I just owe him everything. I owe I owe um Charlie everything. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, what better way to get instructed and instructed and being coached, mentored by like um you know Charlie the guy is, in the business, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one of the most versatile because like he's in like Tiny Toon Adventures as Buster mm-hmm. Bunny and uh yeah, Cow Chicken, Red he was Guy, in Monsters, <laughs> yeah, like. So. Yeah. Uh, Real Monsters and just every, like in a lot of shows in the 80s and 90s. And yeah, and, and he's, he's also a fantastic now, director. And he, well. yeah, he directs now. He's still in shows now. He's like every bad guy ever now. <laughs> every bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he, he's, I, I love that man. Yeah. Yeah. I just really love a lot. There's just really usually so much that I could just name who influenced me. But like, um, if I would just say everyone, then I'd be here literally an hour or more. Mm-hmm. So I'll just say like, um, Mel Blank was really the big one that kind of inspired mm-hmm. me because He's watching great. Looney Tunes as a kid. Yeah. Like yeah. Bugs and Daffy and Porky and a lot of those characters. Yeah. yeah. That was just like, I mean, he, yeah. He shaped the industry. Yeah, pretty much. And now uh, it's Eric Belza who's taking over for him. And Eric is doing an amazing job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like um, also with legends like, you know, Frank Welker. And yep. uh, yeah. And Dawes. No, let's see. Tom Kenny is another big one. Billy oh, West. Tom Kenny is great. Yeah. I love him. Miss SpongeBob and Ice King. And yeah. And Rocco. He was um, uh, Heifer. Yeah. Yes, I almost he was. forgot his yeah. name. Yeah. He was. Yeah, Gosh, and like he's, he's also another one in the post. industry yeah. where I'm like, so good. Uh, and I also really love Rob Paulson because, mm-hmm. like, um, Animaniacs as a kid, watching him, hearing him as like Yakko and Pinky and a lot mm-hmm. of those characters just really inspired, so good. just really further inspired me to, like, um, you know what? Maybe I do want to try something like this someday because, like, well, but I couldn't because I was at school and plus I was. Also battling with a sickness, mm-hmm. a long sickness for like that went on for a couple of years. So right. I think watching Animaniacs just really helped me just to cope with the fact that like, yeah, I was going through like a little brief period of like 
a minor depression, mm-hmm. but like I think it was if it wasn't for like hearing his work and Animaniacs and alongside you know Jess and yeah. Tress and Maurice LaMarche it, and all of those guys, it helps you. Yeah, it just really helped me a lot. Like, um, I I truly think that cartoons are one of the biggest things that has helped a lot of people get through really hard times, yeah. especially as kids. You know, because yeah. <laughs> um, kids go through some stuff. Yeah. So, yeah kids do and and cartoons is a way for you know to escape like all uh, those rough a rough grand things. escape it's yeah. just like listening to music or like listen going to like a movie or yeah. just say yeah going to a park or what mm-hmm. whatever makes you happy um right. making art for instance and doing acting yeah mm-hmm. you'd be surprised to hear how many people say that like this particular thing saved me out of a ride and if it wasn't for this i owe a lot to this specific craft for right. getting me out of this so yeah, that's why I really respect um, Rob Poston a whole lot. Um, that's why I recommend anybody listening to this, listen to his podcast, Talking Tooth with Rob Poston. Oh, it's it, such you, a good one. Yeah, you will not regret it. And yeah. also, D. Bradley Baker for his website. Not, I mean, like D is also another terrific voice actor, but mm-hmm. his website is just mm, phenomenal. phenomenal. De- that's why I definitely recommend it. Crispin Freeman, another one, voice acting mastery, mm-hmm. and just, yeah. And look up to Tara Strong degree, Delilah Mind, and uh, mm-hmm. Carrie Walgren. Yeah, Carrie Walgren too. Chris Summer. And, oh, yeah. and Gray. Yeah, Gray oh, Delilah. Gray. Yeah. Oh, she did such a good job as Azula in an Avatar, Avatar, and she's Vicky and Fairly Odd Parents. Yep, and she she's also another person who I I look up to as well. She's so good, and uh, um, another titan in the industry. No. Um. And she did an amazing job as Azula. Like, to this day, one of the best bad guys portrayed ever. Portrayed I, ever. Like, a couple more, like Kevin Michael Richardson, James Arnold mm-hmm. Taylor, especially with his videos. Oh, um, yeah. um, I actually worked with Kevin Michael Richardson on Trolls. Oh. <laughs> um, I yeah. also taught him what hentai was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually not a joke. I did that. So, you're welcome, Kevin Michael Richardson. <laughs> to this oh, day. <laughs> okay, I think I'm probably gonna step. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was funny. <laughs> that was a great moment in my career too. Was teaching Kevin Michael Richardson what hentai Kevin was. <laughs> what hentai was? Yeah, I think he <laughs> kind of just scarred Cleveland Junior. Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. Kevin, if you listen to this, I am so sorry. I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I'm honestly surprised he's been an actor for so long and he never heard what hentai was until I came on the For, like, over 25-ish years? Yeah, he's been in this business for, like, a long time. And then all of a sudden, like, last year while I'm going in for ADR for um, Trolls, he's there. And I had just come from HentaiCon as a guest for Testament of Sister New Devil. And so um, the director was like, oh, she, like, uh, guys, this is Karina. She's great. She does anime. She just came from a con. And then Kevin asked, what con? And I go, oh, HentaiCon? What what is it? Like he asked, and so he's like, "Wait, what's hentai?" What 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 is hentai? And then I had to explain to him what hentai was, and I feel I you know what he asked. I can't feel bad about it. He asked. He, he at least asked, and well, yep. The best answer. part was throughout the rest of the recording, he's sitting next to me, and every now and then I just hear a chuckle from him, and he goes, "Hentai." <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm just like, "Oh no, I ruined Kevin 
Oh, what? I, I, I. Oh no! Why did I just do? Why did I yeah, do? Yeah, I ruined. I ruined everything. I ruined. You his just innocence. introduced a <laughs> prolific voice actor to hentai. Yep, that's that's accomplishment my... right there. So yep. congratulations. <laughs> that is officially what I will be known for. It'll be on my grave. Taught Kevin Michael Richardson what hentai was. <laughs> <laughs> that should be like you know on like. If somebody asks you, like, um, so what would you be? What would your biggest accomplishments be in life? What would they be like if you get older and you were you're at conventions? You tell the story of like, oh, I introduced Kevin Michael Richardson to hentai, yeah, and then people would just be like, what? what? <laughs> uh, they would be like, um, okay, okay.